Hey, one more thing before you go. This is going to be a Thanksgiving and a gratitude program. My wife and I, uh, Diane, as you know, is my co-host on the Over the Teacup episodes. And I are going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, a little bit about some of our history, a little bit about history history, as well as the importance of gratitude in uh, everything that we have within our lives now. Because I think, especially in this time and day, this year, this past year and a half, almost two years actually, we should be very grateful for what we've got and where we are. This is a special Over the Teacup with Michael and Diane, that thing about Thanksgiving and being grateful. Welcome to the show. Hey, Diane. Hey, Michael. Um, thanks for doing this with me uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Normally, we have an, a regular show on Wednesdays, but obviously, we felt it important enough that uh, we talked to you about a little bit of Thanksgiving, a little bit about gratitude, that we all have something to be grateful for, and uh, understanding that uh, Thanksgiving is a time to uh, to be grateful, right? Yes. Uh, typically, that's when everybody thinks about it. But I think we're going to talk about that it's not just for this time of year. Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously Thanksgiving. I mean, it's been, well, how long has it been? Over, over close to 500 years, I guess, has been practiced. Mm -hmm. um, if you narrow that down to what uh, normal history has presented itself, I think it's been around about 400 years. But you can add about 80 years onto that uh, through some exploration of the History Channel, I found that uh, the first Thanksgiving on American soil actually took place at a different time than we really kind of remember it as. Um, mm -hmm. And it literally was for giving thanks for for being here and for surviving some things and, you know, you know stuff like that. Well, they had a lot to survive. <laughs> yeah. It was a little rough. Yeah, just a little rough on there. Yeah. I mean, everybody re remembers, or at least you're taught, and uh, you know, even the plays. That the, were the kids in Thanksgiving plays? I think they were in Thanksgiving plays. I think so. I, I, it's I'm a horrible. Are mother. we getting to I, that I remember, age? <laughs> well, yes, but we, I remember. <laughs> I remember my Thanksgiving play more than I remember them being in one. Yeah, it's kind of so, one of those. I mean, they had a lot of dance recitals. They had a lot of plays. They had a lot yes, of yes. Uh, they were in Christmas, a lot of stuff. Christmas dances, yes. Christmas plays, things like that. But I don't, I don't think I quite remember a Thanksgiving parade or mm -hmm. a play, not a parade. No, uh, or but maybe I they, was. But you were. I was. I was in second grade, and I was the lead pilgrim girl. Well, lead. You see, you were a lead at a very, a I was, very early age. I was age. A lead. Yes, that's what that's what they called me, lead pilgrim girl. Well, and I had a little bonnet and everything. I actually yeah. don't remember. I mean, I'm an old guy now, so I, I can kind of think back. Um, I may have been in a in a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving play. play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I was just a pilgrim. Yeah, because I remember my father and my mother helping me make the, uh, it was a paper hat, mm -hmm. you know, to make it look good. We had to paste it yep. together with that, you know, the paste that, the icky paste. 
and making the the paper turkeys like we used yeah. to do. And yeah. yeah. Well, you know, most most of us remember those kind of memories, but yes, mm -hmm. um, the Plymouth Rock Thanksgiving is what traditionally we all look back to, which would happen in like 1621 uh, when the uh, pilgrims landed in the, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly, Wampanoag Indians, Native Americans. We probably um, should have checked that. Well, yeah, I, I did, but whether or not I remembered it's another question. Right. Uh, but they gathered at Plymouth for an autumn harvest celebration, and uh, they kind of designate that as the first Thanksgiving here in the United States. And it was for, for thanks. It was for being grateful for the food, because it was very difficult to uh, survive when they first uh, arrived here, as we've mm -hmm. heard from history. And uh, so the meeting of the Indian, the Native Americans and the uh, aspect of having a meal together kind of was a was a celebration and it was for for being grateful for thanking for what they had uh, yeah i think they were they had the native americans had taught them how to grow crops and and uh things like that and you know but it wasn't quite a vegan one or a vegetarian uh thanksgiving i think no the, the Native Americans did bring like four or five deer with them, and they uh, kind of roasted the deer, and uh, they, so they had meat, but they also had a lot of vegetables that they had learned to to kind of make and, and mm -hmm. so forth. So, Diane, did you know that in 1541, Spanish explorers held a feast here on American soil for the first time, technically, technically, um, here on American soil? A Spanish explorer by the name of Francisco Vesca, or Vasquez de Coronado. He uh, came up with about 1,500 men. They were looking for gold. And uh, when they got here, when they came north, they had come from uh, Mexico City, and um, they landed somewhere in Texas, what is now Texas. And mm -hmm. um, they uh, uh, had reached their goals, so they stopped to have a feast of Thanksgiving for surviving, traveling from Mexico City up through Texas. And at that time, they uh, basically had uh, the meal with some Native Americans that were here. So theoretically, that would be uh, the first Thanksgiving on American soil, which is right. like 79 years sooner than uh, what Plymouth Rock kind of brought about. So yeah, it. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, by the way, they had it, that they had uh, literally done that 79 years prior to the Plymouth Rock Landing. And uh, theoretically, it was in Palo Duro Canyon, which I'm not exactly sure where that is, but according to the History Channel, that's where it was, and that would be American soil. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Then they had another um, surprising thing uh, that I was looking at through history, which again is not in the history books that they should, that they're teaching within school, or at least what I've learned, and probably not what you learned either. In August of 1607, colonist try that in English, <laughs> colonists and Native Americans feasted in Maine. Uh, there were uh, competing claims as to what the first you know, Thanksgiving feast was, whether or not it be these individuals or whether or not it be the Plymouth Rock ones, mm -hmm. but uh, they literally had a feast of Thanksgiving for um, 
surviving, I guess. I, you know, back then, I guess you had to thank everybody or whoever was, you know, God, uh, the universe, uh, whoever was up there that uh, you did survive, you know, yeah, the way it was. was. That was quite a trip. And actually, probably a little more of a, more of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More treacherous of a trip, maybe, than what De Coronado did from Mexico City up to Texas. Like, that doesn't seem, I'm sure it was awful, but it doesn't seem as treacherous as coming across from England and all that. Well, I mean, it is, back then, they didn't have the uh, cruise ships. The right. Princess so, Cruise Lines or the love boat to come across. It so seems like it would have been a little more treacherous. Yeah, you would think so. I, either way, they were very thankful and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they did. Um, do you know when they were? Do you know when the uh, the mother the her, the mother of Thanksgiving being called a national holiday? Uh, did you know that it was a, a woman that uh, actually appealed to Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, to make it a oh. national holiday? Um, Sarah, here I've got Sarah it right Hale. here. Sarah Josepha Hale. She lobbied for a national holiday. Um, who championed it uh, as a national holiday in mm -hmm. 1827. And she was the editor of Gaudy's Ladies Book, which I'm not sure what that is. I, probably, you know, I could have followed up <laughs> with that, but I didn't think about it. But she did it for 17 years. She wrote letters to uh, um, Congress and to finally Abraham Lincoln in order to get this passed as a national holiday. Wow. Maybe she was related to a pilgrims and yeah. thought they needed to be immortalized somehow. Well, I think that because it, it's an opportunity to take, uh, again, for us to pause and take a moment to say thank you for everything we've got, where we're at, and who we have in our lives, and so forth. Um, in October 3rd of 1863, Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving as a holiday, which uh, that's the month I was born, so I'm grateful he did it in October. <laughs> I can add that to my grateful list, right? Sure. Why not? And that's the whole, that's the, what I wanted to talk about is that, you know, it shouldn't be just, you know, Thanksgiving that, that we're all grateful or and that we practice um, being grateful and that we say thank you to those around us, you know, that should be an everyday thing. And I don't think people realize that, granted, this is a practice that isn't the easiest thing to remember to do, but and I'm certainly not perfect at it, but I do um, feel over the last 18 months or two years maybe that um, I've gotten better about being more conscious about being grateful for the little things and, and sometimes very little things like um, having two green lights in a row on the way to work. Like, I, thank you, <laughs> you know. I think that uh, yeah, I agree with that because it the uh, uh, for me as you know it, it's extremely frustrating even for something <laughs> like that because it's like red light green light red light green light red light green light mm -hmm. so yeah it gives us something positive to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, it in when when you take the opportunity uh, to be grateful for what you have in your life, mm -hmm. it allows you to appreciate like you said, the little things, it gives us pause to say that the big things that sometimes we make stuff out to be, right. um, 
really isn't as big as we made it out to be. Right. If yeah. that makes well, sense. And and you know, um if you're in a if you're in a pretty, you know, sour mood and it's lasting a while, it's actually kind of a great way to get out of that or at least dig yourself a little more out of it is to just be grateful for every little thing that you can think of. And some of it seems even silly, but you know, once you can, you can settle on something that you're thankful for, and then you can find something even bigger maybe. And then something, and then your mind sort of starts opening up going, Oh wait, well there's that too. And Oh wait, there's that. And you can, you really can, if you, if you're conscious of it and you really make an effort, you can pull yourself out of a depression at times. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that depression doesn't exist and it's not a medical condition. I have it. So I understand, but there are times where maybe it's not as bad as being in bed for five days that I can go and really think about, you know, my family, you know, obviously my family and, and my friends and, um, all of that. But, um, just the things you don't even really focus on that uh, often. Well, and I think people take for granted sometimes of, of the things that they've got in their life that they just kind of take for granted, whether it be a husband, mm -hmm. a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your kids, your grandkids, your, mm -hmm. your grandparents, your parents. You, take mm -hmm. a, you, you kind of take for granted that they're always going to be there or you take for right. granted that... You know, it goes back to the one more thing before you go, that life can change in an instant. And, and pe people have sure seen that the last couple of years. Absolutely. So we should be grateful for, you know, the, the strides that we make and the fact that um, life can be good. And that, yeah. uh, again, some things we we feel that they're bigger than they really are. Yeah. You know, take a breath, meditate a little bit, think about it. Because, you know, sometimes... And I can tell you this from being a traffic investigator, I've told you this numerous times too, um, on the job, is that you know if you get delayed and you don't leave the house on time, sometimes that's a good thing. Right. Because you, know, you, you would have just missed an accident. So you could be grateful for being late because you missed being in an accident because some, unfortunately somebody else was in an accident. But that could have been you. And that happens to me just about daily. Driving into downtown Phoenix. Well, <laughs> I, I, I see an accident almost every day and it has either just happened. And if I just left the house a little bit earlier, I could have very well been involved in it. Exactly. So, so. little things, even like that, I think are important. You know, take the time to be grateful for the food you have on your table, even if it's just a little bit of food. Uh, ah. Be grateful for the way that your car is still running. Be grateful for the blue mm -hmm. sky. Be grateful for the plants that are growing and the trees that are growing in your yard. You know, be grateful for your neighbors. For you know that they're they're not annoying neighbors, or right. you know, or if they're a little annoying, you know, be grateful that somebody it's not is, worse is not worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or if you live where we live, be grateful that it's finally finally cooling off somewhat we're still a little bit above normal but man i'm grateful for that every day well and you know i did there are scientific studies that kind of prove that if you take the time to be grateful and you it can calm you it can make you happier mm -hmm. it can make you feel better about yourself it can make you feel better about those around you 
mm-hmm. um, and and make life a little more interesting because when you stop and think about uh, what I have, you know, we have a roof over our head, we have food in our stomach, we have, you know, gas in the car. You know, we we're talking on on this computer device. I sound mm-hmm. like Danny now. Computer <laughs> device, are really old. I'm grateful that I'm not that old that I can't recognize this isn't a computer device. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? You were talking on, on uh, uh, through this medium mm-hmm. that we didn't have years and years and years ago, that we can have conversations with people all over the world, um, yeah. face-to-face, basically, and I'm grateful for that, even if we want to talk mm-hmm. to your parents. Although... Danny doesn't like to be on camera. No. You know, realistic- he doesn't even like his picture taken. Well, exactly. But realistically, we've done it before where it's like, hey, we think we need to see you face to face. Then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it gives us an opportunity to and be grateful for the fact that we have that availability, I think. And now they can FaceTime like nobody's business. They don't well, like to, but they do. But they do, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's... You know, when you are grateful, it also gives you um, a better sense of well-being and it allows you to pay it forward. Because I think being grateful for what you have gives you the opportunity to pay it forward. And I think it, I think it also brings in a sense of empathy for others. When you, when you can start being grateful about things you don't really think of that much, then you start thinking about other people and what they mean to you and what they might need or what they're going through. You know, it kind of just grows from there. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, and there's people that actually make lists, grateful lists before they go to bed. I have not done that. Probably should, but <coughs> maybe that would help me sleep better. I don't know, but um, I hear it works. So, well, the same thing about getting up in the morning. I mean, realistically, yeah. you could be grateful for the fact you got up and that you you woke up, and that you know it's a new day. As you know, it's always been my favorite time of mm-hmm. the day is the morning. It's because nothing has gone wrong yet. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, realistically, I mean, even when I was working and I worked midnight shifts, you know, my, my favorite time of day was the morning because it was like, mm-hmm. hey, this is a brand new day. And I'm very happy yeah. about that. But, yeah, you, you know, uh, being grateful also uh, can attribute to us being more healthy. Because mm-hmm. being grateful allows a, your endorphins start kind of br- are brought out because you're happy, and when mm-hmm. you're happy, you, you're healthier. Um, it makes the day go by a little better, and so forth. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Take the time to be grateful. Take the time to be thankful for what you have, where you're at, those people that are in your life that you know can change in an instant especially in today's day and age with COVID and everything else that's taking mm-hmm. place because COVID seems to like be the never ending um, villain that keeps peeking over our shoulders constantly yeah. and removing those around us that uh, just yeah. makes for a bad day. Yeah. It's, and it's, I don't think it's ever going to be gone. No. We're just going to end up, having to live with it. But well, I am grateful for the fact that we do have, you know, shots. We have COVID shots. And yeah. We've got boosters and we've got masks that we can wear and we've got protocols in place to help protect us and so forth. So, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for our kids. And, and I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm only, we're only saying that this isn't a confessional, 
But, you know, we're just kind of showing you how easy it is to say I'm grateful. Yep. And I'm happy for what I have in my life. You know, for Thanksgiving itself, it's not all about the food or the drinks. It's really getting into that headspace, I think, at least for me. Well, it is for me, too. I think, you know, back when I was a kid, um, you know, the first thing you think about is just the food and and the family. Mm -hmm. But when I look back on my life, you know, my... As you know, I have a very large family, and um, the the family get-togethers, especially around Thanksgiving, were multi-generational and mm-hmm. multi-family. I had um, eight different aunts and uncles. So, yeah. you know, with huge. with that, what's that? Huge, huge family. Yeah. So between that, eight aunts and uncles, and you know, a multitude of cousins. You know, we all lived in the same area. We all lived in the same apartment complex, basically. Uh, we kind of took over the apartment complexes. And, <laughs> you know, at the time it was food. It, it was all about family, but it was all about food. And it was all about playing football out in the front, you know, the, the front lawn and, you know, playing games and things like that. It was always, from, at least from a kid's perspective, it, you know, it, to me it was food. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was family. It was playing games. The older I got, you know, the more I valued the family portion of it. Um, it was the fact that uh, we, as everybody got older, um, we were losing people. You know, it was more important. And then when people started moving away, when those Thanksgiving times got to be, um, again, when it, when it wasn't like uh, everybody coming and we only had certain members of the family that were able to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just made me appreciate the times that I did have all of those family members that were there and, and the fun mm-hmm. and everything that we had. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving memory? Um, can't really pick out a favorite. I know, you know, I, um, being an only child, mine were much more subdued. Um, when I was nine, under nine years old, we still lived in Southern California with my dad's family being around. So I know that we usually ended up at Susan's house and everybody came to that and still wasn't as large as your gatherings, but um, you know, there were more people. And then when we moved to Colorado, we were kind of isolated. So it was really just my mom and dad and I for many years. And um, once they divorced and mom remarried, then it was, you know, mom and Denny and I, and, um, his daughters, um, every once in a while. I don't think they were at every Thanksgiving, but you know, so it was still very subdued, mostly for mine. Um, I think when I realized it wasn't about the food or being off of school, um, or even having the day off from work, it, I think it really has been pretty recent for me. Like, you know, I'll be honest and we'll, I know we're going to do an episode probably about this, but, um, you know, I, this is the first time I'm talking about this, so it's kind of hard. Um, as you know, most of our Thanksgivings, um, I spent drunk. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I used Thanksgiving as the day I could just start drinking whenever I wanted to, cause it was a holiday. Um, well, so part of, I don't part do of that, that unfortunately was, uh, garnered because we'd go to my mother's house and 
you know, she, yeah, but those were some of the best times with your mom when her and I would get drunk <laughs> together. I'm not going to lie. That those were fun for but me. You, but you were indoctrinated into large gatherings coming I, to my mother's house. Look, I have anxiety and I was an only child and I wasn't used to the, that big. Yeah. So I had to do that to kind of be okay. And honestly, um, that's probably why I did that for many years. But, um, you know, last Thanksgiving was the first one without any alcohol. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't fun. But you survived. I did. And I'm, I'm actually okay with this one. I'm, I'm not even thinking about it. Um, and at the same time, I've also gotten better with my food intake. So um, this will be the first one that I'm really conscious about what I'm eating. But I'm okay with that. I think I'm finally realizing what's more important. You know. Right. And that's a good thing. That's a very. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that you acknowledge that and the fact that you talked about it and so forth because we all have our journeys in regard to life in general and uh, our struggles with certain aspects of life. And I think that uh, that's a very positive thing. So I'm proud of you. And yeah, we are. Thanks. We are going to talk about this on another episode, just you and I, in regard to that. Yeah. But in the meantime, so I'm grateful um, for. I'm grateful for being sober. I'm grateful for that too. <laughs> Especially growing up with the, uh, yes, my background, as you know, and I've said on this podcast numerous times, I grew up with a very dysfunctional family on certain aspects, and part of that was alcohol related. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, I'm grateful for that. And I know our kids are as well. So that's a positive. I hope thing. so. <laughs> so, before we leave, um, one more thing before we go. Instead of you go, one more thing before we go. Right. Is there anything you would like to kind of share with uh, everybody to make sure that they uh, they kind of leave this with a very positive note? Well, not to be on a soapbox, but everybody, please be careful. If you're in a large group this year, you know, the numbers aren't really going down. We're kind of climbing back up again with the COVID number. So just be careful and wear masks and you know, social distance when you can, and let's just all be careful and, and be there for one another and um, realize that it's not all about you. It's about all of us. It's a good way to do that. I would just like to say that uh, I think that take this time to value your family, to value who you have in your life, whether they be family or friends, and family doesn't have to be blood to be family. Yeah, so value absolutely. who you have with you, who's in your inner circle, who's in your outer circle, and take that with you each and every day. Be grateful for them and enjoy the holiday. Have a fantastic okay. Thanksgiving. Be grateful for what you have and where you're at. Spread that joy, that compassion, that humanity with those around you and mm -hmm. have a great holiday. And I would like to say thank you to each and every one of you that joined me every week and join Diane and I every week. You listen, you engage, you connect with us on a level that we sincerely appreciate. You have allowed one more thing before you go to grow exponentially and to be heard in 59 different countries. So thank you very much for being a part of the one more thing before you go family. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.
Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.